We're welcome. We're so glad that you're here tonight. You know, um, Christmas Eve is has become, uh, you know, so many things to so many people. Christmas Eve is a time we get together with family. It's a time that we get together, and uh, some people open gifts. Some people eat. I do kind of all of those things as best I can. Um, they won't let me open gifts, but I sneak one every now and then and do it anyhow. But uh, tonight, I just want to take a, a couple of minutes and finish this uh, thought, uh, this series that I've been doing, and it's called the miracle of the uh, the miracle of Christmas. And tonight, I'm going to talk just for a minute about the miracle in the manger. You know, we get to December the 26th. I don't know if you do this. I think you probably do. Get to December the 26th after a month of fever pitch in many ways, and many days of that, of just going in. No, not so much me, but watching my wife and my, you know. <laughs> they just go like crazy. And, and, of course, there's so much going on, so much, you know, preparing. And, and by December the 26th, I don't know about you, but I, lots of times I'll step back and I'll think, that was it? <laughs> That was it, because there's such a buildup, and it's wonderful. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying there's such a something that you, it's like you're you're up here, and then the next day you wake up, and it's in your mind. In my mind, I think sometimes that was it. And then, really, what I'm saying when I say that, because I'm not judging the toys and the the food and the the service. I'm not judging that. I'm just kind of saying in my heart, there had to be more. There has to be more than just this. There has to be more. And so, you know, we know that Christmas is a celebration. We know that. We know it's when families get together and, and when they eat and when they enjoy one another, we reconnect with family. You know, you get that, that uncle that you don't see very often. He'll come and you get to hear those stories again that, you know, we call him. I, I'm known as the fun uncle. They call me the funkle. Anyway, the fun uncle, because basically, not, not so much everywhere, but in some places, because when I was younger, I was just a goofball. I'm kind of still a goofball now. But the thing is, is you get together with family that you haven't seen maybe as often as maybe you want to, and, and that's wonderful. But even after all that, we know that there's got to be more than that, that that's not just what Christmas is about. That's just what we do at Christmas. It's, it's more than gift giving. It's, it's more than just a holiday. It's more than peace on earth. I want peace on earth, but it's even more than that. Let me tell you what Christmas is. Christmas is all about God. It's all about God. It's all about what God did. It's God coming to the earth. That's really when we, when we talk about the manger, it's all about God coming to earth. It's about his, and him, he didn't come you know, as, as empty. He didn't come empty. He came in all of his fullness. Now think about this. He came in all of his fullness. He came in all of his majesty. He came in all of his love. He came in all of his godness. He came in everything that he was, but we look in the manger sometimes and we only see a baby and sometimes we feel like that's it. That's what people I think might have done to a degree, back in those days, if they didn't understand what God was doing, what God wanted to do, what God had promised. Because God promised from the very beginning, when man had fallen, when man had become separated from God, 
He promised that he was going to make a way, that he was going to send a savior. And so I think when, when the religious world, when the world looked at this baby or they heard about this baby, they're thinking, that's it? Just that? But they didn't see the fullness. They didn't see the level. They didn't see what it was. They didn't see him as God. But Jesus in the manger is and was God in the manger at that time. And so he came with everything that he was and everything that he is. He brought hope that our lives can be different. He brought a hope uh, that we don't have to be stuck or stay stuck or, or we can be fixed, that God can do something. And I know everyone doesn't, maybe, I don't know about in this room, but maybe people watching online or people you know, I know there's people that don't believe that story. But here's what I do believe. I think in my heart, then in their heart, they want it to be true because everybody wants somebody that can fix their life. Everybody wants somebody that can turn things around, that can unstick their life, that can give them hope and give them something that they're not finding in life. And so it's God, the God of the universe coming to earth. That's really what the manger is in in, in the manger. That's what Jesus, I know that basically... It's, it can get so covered up with so many things that are going on. That's the miracle of the manger. Let me read Matthew. Let me just read a few verses this morning or this evening. And uh, this is how the birth of Jesus, Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. He was a faithful man, yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly, to break their engagement. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you uh, are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Look at the manger. It's God in the manger when he came as a baby. When Joseph woke up, he did, not, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. That is such an amazing story unless we allow it to become mundane. And yeah, 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 I've heard that. You know, we have a... We did. We don't have any more of it. We used to have a little dog named Gracie, a little chihuahua. Joe, you remember Gracie, right? Yeah, you got some marks on your hand still? Yeah. But Gracie, you know, a little chihuahua, and she thought she was a big dog. And so, you know, we had bigger dogs, and we'd throw the ball, and Gracie, uh, the dogs would run, and Gracie would learn to chase the ball and stuff. But like if it was just her, and I'd say, Gracie, get your toy. Go get the ball. And she'd She'd watch my finger. That's all she did was watch my finger. Gracie, Gracie, go get the toy. 
all she did, all she did. That's a lot of times what happens at Christmas. People get hung up looking at the stuff. They get hung up looking at the lights. and They're beautiful. I'm not knocking lights. I love lights. They get hung up focusing on the tree. They get hung up focusing on uh, the gifts. And man, I, I like gifts. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that stuff. But I think God is saying, church, look in the manger. People, men, women, look at the manger. Look in the manger. Because what's in there is that which can change your life. That which can turn and give you hope and can cause everything in your life to turn around. The God of the universe wants to be involved in our life. God is saying, look, look, look at the baby in the manger. He wants us to see what he has done. You know, they, they, laid, um, they laid Jesus as, as he was born. They laid him in a manger. Now, uh, I think we've heard that so many times. Uh, let me just kind of read, uh, and Garrett, you don't have to follow this, but uh, in Luke uh, 2.7, Luke writes, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And then in verse 12, the angel proclaims that this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes or cloths lying in a manger. And then verse 16, finally, Luke recounts this. He says, they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. There is something significant about the manger. Stop it. Okay. If, 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 a, if an angel shows up like he did with the, with the shepherds, and we'll talk about them in just a second, but if an, as an angel shows up with them and he tells them, don't be afraid, great news of, you know, great joy, news of great joy, and he tells them all the things, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. I don't think that those guys said, hey, what's a manger, guys? They knew exactly what a manger was. They were shepherds. They knew exactly. They were, they were busy. They're probably, that was their life. They were feeding animals and taking care of animals. And, and, and I even read some stuff that said that they would, a lot of homes would even have a manger, a wooden one, or a, a, you know, some kind of a stone manger outside that they would put you know, straw in and stuff in order for passing you know, guests that were maybe coming through town, people coming through town could feed their animals. So this, their idea of, or the, the, the saying, you know, you're going to find him lying in a manger, they weren't, I don't think they were shocked about the, what it maybe, what it, well, what is a manger? They knew. As a matter of fact, in French, just for your, uh, in French, the word manger, it's pronounced, I'm not going to do my French right now, but it's, it's the word manger, spelled manger, it means to eat. It means to eat. There's a lot in that. Jesus is the bread of life. He came to feed and to nourish a world that was lost. He came to bring hope to a world that was in darkness and lost. So they, the, the angels say he's lying in a manger. Okay, you know, for us, we maybe can't relate to that. Not a big deal. I've seen some really cute mangers. We've even built some. You hammer them together. You put some nice, pretty clean straw. Stop and think about this. These were, these were feeding troughs. That's what they were. Now, as I've already told you, I have dogs. I have one dog left, actually. And I try and go and, and wash that, that food bowl out a few times a week because, you know, just try to keep it a little clean. 
it looks pretty fair until you put some water in it. You know what I'm talking about. It gets, it's like, wow, you can't see it, but it's got really some slime and whatever in there. And you wash it out, you scrub it. But I'm telling you right now, I still wouldn't eat my Cheerios out of that bowl. And I can clean pretty good. I can put it in the dishwasher. I'm still not going to eat out of that bowl. So I don't know how clean they were able to get that manger. But you know something? Is there's also something that we ought to consider tonight. That the first home that Jesus found, the first place he was laid, was in a dirty manger. Even at best, cleaned out. I'm sure they did everything that they could to clean it. But it was still, would you lay your child in a food trough? No. I, you know, I know when our, when our, you know, kids and our grandkids were born, it was like, this was always the thing. Go wash your hands. You can't touch them. Go wash your hands. What's Go wash your hands. We're very, very conscious. But on this night, Jesus was laid in a manger, and I don't think it was because mom and dad didn't care. That's the way God led them. And I think there's something even symbolic in him going into a manger. It was dirty. But you know the real home he wants to be in? Our heart. And some of us would say, he doesn't want to live in my heart. My heart's pretty dirty. My heart's pretty unclean. You know, if you only knew, God's saying, I want to live in your heart. I want to come and live in your heart. I want to come and feed you hope. I want to come and feed you strength. I want to come and feed you life, life that never ends. The manger is not just an insignificant thing. You know, I was thinking earlier today, you know, if an angel shows up and he says, Tom, there's, you know, the, the, today is born in the city of Yuma, a, a savior, and it's like, I've been waiting for this. And then he says, go down to the local uh, a garage down here. It's, you know, down here on this street and, and go in and go to the very back and go to the very back of the, of the, of the, uh, uh, gar- the garage and, and even into the very back, you know, where they throw all the stuff and there's going to be a toolbox back there. You know where the grease gets dropped and the oil gets spilt and, and all this stuff and, and, and you're going to find a baby laying back there. You know what my thought would be? First of all, I think kind of like the, maybe the shepherds thinking, what? Why would they put a baby in a manger? For me, it's like, I could understand that. Why would anybody put a baby in a dirty knock? Because I was a mechanic. That's where my mind goes. But the truth is, God came to a broken world. And he came in such a way, you know, I was talking to Jeff the other day, and I told him, I said, Jeff, if you were in charge, I think I mentioned this Sunday, but if you were in charge of the coming of Christ, there would have been a light show. There would have been lasers. There would have been sound system blasting. There would have been smoke. But God didn't do it that way. God did it in a very quiet, private way. And I think if, if we can see it for what it is, God came in a very unassuming way. The religious world didn't like it because they were looking for a conquering Savior, someone to come and take charge. But Jesus came to the lowly to those that felt like that they are not worthy. They are not worthy. The Bible tells us that God took on flesh. He became flesh. John 1 verse 14 and talks about the word and 
another day, another conversation, but that Jesus became, that God became flesh. He became flesh. That's a big deal. That's not just a big deal. That's like a mind blower. That the creator took time because of his love to enter our world so he could help us, so he could bring us hope and light. The last thought I want to give you this evening is about worth. I'll ask you a question, and don't, don't take your answer from your neighbor. Don't take your answer from the coach or the teacher or the boss or someone that has said something to you. But my question to you is, what is your worth? What's your worth? Now, there's a difference in being in the word worthy and worth. Worthy, here's the thing. Let me just settle this. None of us are worthy. None of us are worthy. But how much are you worth? Well, it depends on probably who you listen to. And sometimes it's hard for us to evaluate. You know, I watched that. that there's a show on TV. You've probably seen it called The, uh, the Pawn Stars, and they'll bring something weird in, and I don't even know what it's worth. Let me call in an expert. And so they'll bring in an expert, and he'll tell them all about this item, and he'll say, okay, okay, so it's real. So tell me, what's it worth? And he'll tell him. Well, I just want to tell you that we're going to bring in an expert tonight just for a second. And this expert is an expert in life. And let me tell you what he says your worth is. Every person in this room, your worth is the life of Jesus, his son. That's what your worth is. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you and me. I love that verse. But I love the next verse even as much. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send Jesus into the world with a big pointer finger. You and you and I'm watching you. He came in as a baby and he wants to be born in our heart. That's, that's really what Christmas is all about. I love the lights. I love the gifts. I love all that stuff. But let's not miss the miracle of the manger, the miracle of the birth of Christ and that he was laid in that manger that represents more than maybe we even realize. Tonight, I just want to tell you, you are worth the life of the Son of God. Stop and think about it. If you have children, and if you don't have children, think about someone that you really love. Maybe it's a sister, a brother, a parent. What if, what if you, someone had to pay for your life who do you have in your life that, that would step up? Maybe somebody. But the truth is that we're talking about the God of creation, the God of the universe, which, by the way, from the very beginning, and you can go all the way back to Genesis, and in the beginning there in chapter 3, uh, verse 15, where, where you know Adam and Eve had already sinned, and, and everything had already, the relationship with God had been broken, and Adam and Eve are hiding in the garden after they had done what God told them not to do. They'd sinned. I'm familiar with that condition. They were hiding because they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. What was God coming to do? He was coming to punish them, right? No. He was coming to say, let's fix this. That's what he wanted to do. Let's fix this. That's all God wants to do. 
wants to fix it. So tonight, before we move forward, I want to take a minute and I want to pray. Because I believe with everything that's inside of me tonight, the best gift that you can give is your life, your heart. That's the best gift you can give. But the best gift you can receive is forgiveness and the love of God and the Son of God inviting him and welcoming him to come into your heart if you've not done that. Maybe you're not where you're supposed to be. Maybe you've done this in the past. Maybe you've, I don't know. But God's not sitting in judgment of anyone. God is asking, come. He's, he's knocking at our heart's door. Let's pray tonight. <laughs>